I am unashamed. What about you? Tom Brady came back. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you know that, Dad? Oh, yeah. So I saw that. <laughs> so he, Tom Brady was retired for 40 days. When the, he's when he's 44. Flowed, when that money got right, <laughs> he, he said, okay, I'll oh, you know what happened? I don't think it's about the money, Dad. I, I, just, I mean, it could be. You may be right. Who knows with all that? But I think he just got to realizing he's sitting around, whatever he's doing. I don't know what you do when you're married to a supermodel. But whenever he was, he just looked up and he thought, you know, it's over. But imagine, I mean, he was still, he's an elite player. He still is. It's hard to give it up. It's just hard to give it up. I think he just looked around and thought, you know, I'm not ready to just. It's, it's still fun. It is. They've got it to where they they barely let them hit him now. Right. You can't hit him low and you can't hit him high. Yeah. Well, that only leads from your belt, <laughs> from your belt. Right here. That's right. That's the only spot you can hit one of them. <laughs> that's not much. And even then, you better not hit him, too. That's good for him. That's right. Because that's built-in longevity. You know, Dad, if they had had the rules they have today, you may have given it a run. You know, I would you, have. Because <laughs> the I mean, money had been there like that. Right. There were no millions changing hands. And what was it? Been. You What was it Bradshaw told us? He got a million-dollar signing bonus. $100,000. Oh, was that what $100,000 paid out over 10 years? That's what he told me. <laughs> I mean, that was 1970, which, I, I mean, I guess $100,000 was a lot more money then. Was, there was no draw for, for it to go play in the NFL because of the millions of dollars you can make. Right. There were no millions changing hands right. at all. What did they offer you? I thought they, you they offered They offered Bradshaw. They just offered me a tryout, come a walk-on. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Which would have been league minimum, whatever that was then, which oh. wouldn't have been much. What was it? Not much. Sixty thousand or something. I bet oh, even less than that. Less. less, really, less. But you got to make him number one draft choice, ten thousand dollars a month for ten years. Which ten thousand dollars a year? It. Yeah. I mean, t- yeah, that's less than a thousand a week. I mean, it, it's it's like you know, I, I almost <laughs> kept up with that commercial fishing. No, oh, ten thousand a month. No, it was ten thousand a year because yeah, it was a hundred thousand dollars paid out over ten years. Yeah. That was his bonus, his signing bonus. It went from that <laughs> to now, oh, million. Oh. So I mean, yeah, it's a whole different ball game. Well, I, yeah. So I, I just looked up. That's probably but, why he's still doing what he's doing. He's now. your, he's your age, and he's still. He's, he's making. He's doing a lot better without violent men chasing him. <laughs> And he's just pontificating here, there, yonder. Oh well, so, he's, oh, on, he's just goofing off. Now. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he's, he's on every third ad is Bradshaw. Yeah. He's he's clear publisher yeah. clearinghouse. Yeah. He's the uh, giveaway Terry's money. You know, he's. If I see him, I'll say you need to you need to you know put push back from the table a little bit. You're getting a little bit. He's a little heavy. A little heavy. <laughs> that happens when you get older. He's jolly, Phil. <laughs> I well, just, I yeah, started. I looked it up. I put Tom Brady resurrection just to see yeah. if some somebody out there would use that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they used it. He's back. <laughs> the Tom Brady it just, resurrection. It, it just it baffles me in any situation. If somebody is famous or important or they're trying to sell ads or they want to use biblical <laughs> principles. Right. I was watching that, uh, the Island Green Oh, yeah. Sawgrass. Sawgrass tournament. Yep, players. Last week, the players. I was, too. I got into it. And, well, did you see the point? So so here it is, Phil. This is – because, look, I've been on TV. Y'all been on TV. You understand. You got these announcers up there. They're trying to capture the moment, and they're all in the golf whisper, and they're making jokes. And, boy, this is is really showing the character – of the individual, you know, he they're going up and it's they're building it's an island, you know, and the draw. Oh no, he's hit it in the water. <laughs> so, and they got how many balls have gone in the water on the day? I thought, well, they're making <laughs> a drama over hitting a round object yeah. in the water, which yeah. it is crazy that these professional golfers. It just shows you how much of a well that one old game that one day is. where the wind was so high. They I think they had sixty five balls in the water or something. Like yeah. So anyway, that that whole tournament is about seventeen, and every year. You know, I've been to the and we t- played uh, there. Yeah, the yeah. Tebow event, which I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but because we're filming, y'all talked me into filming this show, and so 
I, Thank you, Unashamed Nation. You did it. So I get it. But, you know, I got up there, and I think I'm like three for five. I've hit the green three out of five times, and I'm a I'm a terrible golfer. Yeah. So, but I don't care if I hit it in the water. So I'm not up there, like, nervous that I'm going to hit it in the water. I'm like, pfft. I make duck calls for a living. What do you expect? I mean, so the crowd, they're looking. The <laughs> thing about it is with the Tebow tournament, there's a pretty, I mean, it ain't like the big the players, but there's a lot of people there because they, they oh, have. It out. is. And now, if that bothers you, you know, I mean, I, I'm I, one for three. And I like to know, but it was embarrassing the, the last time I played in the thing. I wasn't playing because I, I just hurt my knee. So I was putting only. But when I got 17, I was like, one of the guys is like, you got to take a shot. I said, yeah, you're right. But I, so I hadn't swung a club. <laughs> so, Jay's, I hit a hosel rocket. Look, it goes straight right and it lands on the little island with the tree on it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's how far off. Well, that I, would be harder to do. Oh, it was. So, look, when I did it, everybody cheered because it lands on the other thing. And I was like, I thought we were playing this. <laughs> and so I just kind of went with it. You should have said, has anybody got a boat? Because actually, if you could have <laughs> you found could, it, you could. Oh, you? it was sitting right there. I could see it. You should have just jumped in with one club and swam out there. <laughs> That's right. they don't and then care. played people, it across to the other. jump in the water anyway. So look, I actually birdied it. You know, we do a scramble format. So I, I hit it behind the hole. I was probably 40 feet. Was it up it, top? The pin was on the bottom. Oh, bottom. And I was up on top. Well, yeah. all you do is touch it. You just can't believe how fast that Oh, it's just straight downhill, yeah. So I touch it, and it was like the you know the famous Tiger Woods when he made that. Better than most. Better than, and I, Well, I was saying that, being goofy. <laughs> I was like, man, I never thought it was going to go in there. Boom, hit the bottom of the back of the hole. And I saw, Did I, you go crazy? Oh, of course. The crowd went crazy. That was the highlight of that round because I think – I don't even think – if I'd have been playing my own ball, I'd have shot a hundred. Oh yeah, I didn't play good, but I did. I did conquer seventeen. So what? What I was gonna say is, so you have all this drama because it's really all about seventeen in the tournament. So Shane Lowry, who's from where's he from? Uh, he's North yeah. Ireland. Yeah, from North Irish. Ireland. And everybody, he's kind of a likable character on the tour or whatever. He won the uh, the the Open a few years ago. I like him because he's chubby. I yeah, like chubby, chubby golfers. So he gets up there. And knocks it in the hole on 17. After all this drama and carnage, he hits it behind the hole, put the little spin on it. Sucks it it back in there. It hits and like goes all the way around it. Well, his response was was amazing. I mean, he just full scale, yeah, and shaking. I mean, you could see his hole, but because there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Ripping, you know. And they were high fiving, and he he gave everybody. You notice he tried to high five Poulter, but Poulter stopped short. He he was afraid yeah. he was going to hurt and him. Then they did the chest. Bump. Yeah, and uh, so all this is going on. So what's crazy is after he makes the hole in one, and you know I apologize if you watch this with me because I'm giving you the recap. So he takes the ball out of the hole. Crowd's going crazy. He just fires it into the crowd. Into the crowd. Well, then a scrum happened. <laughs> I mean, peep. That was. Yeah, I was like, wait, don't cut away from that because I just saw people <laughs> they were getting diving. taken out. Haymakers being thrown. <laughs> I'm sure they've had a few few brews at oh, that yeah. point. So then the story continues. So he they're still following him around. They he gets to 18. Uh, tee box, which is very intimidating. Yeah. It's like you're looking at a little strip, strip. of ground, and yeah. there's just like the Pacific Ocean on your left. And so the guy who he threw the ball to has made his way, or, or who came out of the scrum who, with the yeah, ball. Who got it. He's made his way to the 18 tee box because now he wants the Irishman to That's sign that. it. And he does. So they're, they, they've gone with this story now. I'm sure in the – the bus they were like oh here here comes the guy get that zoom in you know and all that so the announcer he's watching this transpire and he's like what a guy i mean he wanted to document this momentous occasion you know he's now turning it into like salvation of the world thing that he's getting this sign and now listen to how he closed the segment and he said he got that signature from Shane Lowry and he'll have that forever. <laughs> I got a I said, What? <laughs> and Missy said, What happened? I was like, the guy hits a hole in one, a fan a fight breaks out over the ball, the guy gets it, and then the announcer says, 
he'll have that forever. I'm like, didn't mention Jesus, no resurrection. How are you going to do that? He just, yeah. He just in that moment said, I got to make this moment bigger than what it actually is. He's not going to have that ball forever unless he rises. He's probably already sold it on the internet. Probably so. He probably already got There's 10 no, grand for it. I mean, I know that was a long story, but I watched it. And look, I couldn't even watch it for 30 minutes after that. I thought, why do all of a sudden you want to participate in the resurrection in this moment? Just, just, what, why, why are we going there where if I came up out there and had a sign, which I know this would be creepy, and said, I believe in the resurrection, you'd say, look at that weirdo. It, that's my point. If I had a sign saying that, would he not think I was a weirdo? He was. I was in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Very much so. But in this moment, he loved that word and he loved. <laughs> and the way he said it with the oh, The centerpiece of the Bible is the resurrection of the dead. That's it. Well, that's my point. I know we're in 1 Corinthians 15. One shot, and look, winner take all. That's exactly right. So much more valuable than a golf ball. You know, it's funny because one of the things I chuckled at was when. When he threw that ball in the stand, Paul Lazinger, who's a who was a great golfer and won some majors, he's the he's the main guy now for NBC. And he said, "Well, I've still got mine." <laughs> he was yeah. like, "That's a treasure for me." Like you know, I don't know. He, this guy's just throwing it up in the thing. He's like, "I think that was crazy, you know, <laughs> that he would do that." But I think he's a fan. That's why the well, fans he was in like the him. moment. That's what I think. That's why the fans like him because he he just was like everybody's fired up. I'm fired up. I don't but really. You care. know what? At first, like when I found when I started getting into treasure hunting, I was like, I had like all these displays of the stuff I was finding and that was cool. And, but the further I got into it, I started giving a lot of it away, yeah. like to the landowner or to, you know, people right. out there with me. And I was like, it's almost more fun. I mean, what am I going to do? At some point, once I got kind of one of everything, right. I got it here. Here, I have one of these. Right. And it's, it's it's more fun seeing people. When get I go to, to Chris Sherrill's house, because he, he's a hunter, you know, he's into it, he and his wife. I mean, he's got a whole room full of stuff. Oh. And, I mean, after a while, it's like, it's what he's like. He's like, you know, now I'm having to, like, clear out kids to make <laughs> to yeah. make extra rooms for the stuff he finds, you know. Oh, I know. I can't believe you went down this road. Miss and I, we had a huge, not argument, but... <laughs> Passionate discussion. I need to make a note so I can bring it up next time. She, she, you know, now that all of our kids are leaving the nest, she's like saying, look, you need to get all your treasure hunting stuff. Cause I kind of got it in my layer. I mean, cause I walk in and I just lean it up and she's like, you need to get all that down there to the basement room. That's your room. I get it out of sight. Get it, get it out of here. So, you know, that went on for a few months and uh, back and forth. When are you going to get this stuff out? When you, well, then one day I just came home and everything I own related <laughs> to treasure hunting was down in that room. <laughs> Organized, you know, displayed. And uh, so I told her, I was like, well, look, next time you go shopping, I want a large aquarium. And she's like, we're not having fish in the... I don't want fish. That's another thing I'd have to feed. I was like, no, I don't want fish. If I want some fish, I'll go catch them and eat them. <laughs> I was like, I want to make a display out of an aquarium. I'm just going to dump all the treasures in the aquarium. Yeah. She's like, I'm not, first of all, <laughs> not getting an aquarium, and you're not putting it in this house <laughs> and, put, and putting a bunch of stuff that you find out of the ground in. I was like, why not? That's cool. You're into design, and she's like, "That's that's not cool. That's gonna take up space." I so, wondered. I wondered how you know what subdivision people argue about now. I know. Yeah, aquarium. <laughs> I mean, don't you think that's a good idea? I like the idea, but instead of looking at fish, would not think that's stupid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it. I like just like. Fish. I mean, if you could put fish that you could eat. Like the lobster thing, I'm all for. Because when you get hungry, you go get you a lot. It's like the last line of defense when you've run out of everything and you need to go grocery shopping. But to put fish in an aquarium that you can't eat, 
or just have some crappie in there. Like, man, you get hungry, you just go. But you can't. It's hard to keep them alive. (laughs) Oh yeah, type of fish, you know, that people want to just stare at. I I never figured that out. (laughs) But I like the concept of making it a display. Right. So, I mean, I've seen the. There's a guy that what I went with in Virginia. He he did he has three huge aquariums and it's just they're just filled with all these treasures. I think that's One a cool idea. thing I've ever seen in my life. Let's yeah. take a break. So we all know that hackers they capitalize on uncertainty. You know, we've been talking a lot about Russia and Ukraine. The the Russians are famous for their hacking skills. Oh, yeah. They try to catch you by surprise. So, uh, obviously, this invasion of Ukraine is exactly the type of chaos that they can even put on us, American homeowners, just like you, because there's a risk of being hacked. Some scans you can expect, things like robocalls, texts for fake donations, emails with send me money. These are things that come out from people. You kind of expect those. But it's the ones, the bigger ones, that's just hard to detect. That's the ones you have to watch out for. And in the case of a Home Title Lock, one of our sponsors, this can literally cost you your home. It's called Home Title Fraud, and it happens when a hacker finds the title to your home online. He forges your signature, removes you from your own home's title, and then it's a piece of cake to take out loans and run up your debt. So you get stuck with the debt, they get the money. That's the way it works. So you can go to your county recorder's office to make sure your home is still in your name or... If you don't want to do that, you can simply visit HomeTitleLock.com. Then you're going to enter your address. They're going to make sure that you still own your home, and then they're going to protect you. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. So I'll ask Missy about that next time she's on the podcast. Al, do not bring that (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've never had her just be so – because I thought, well, why would she care? She – She's giving me this room. It was already your room, what? right? And then she's like, and the nerve to ask me to go haul around an aquarium? I was like, what's the worst thing that happened? She like, it could bust. <laughs> so anyway, that didn't go well. But anyway, I got a new room. You got a room? That's good. So we're in First uh, Corinthians 15, is um, which we've said going into this, this is and I had several emails since we started this chapter from people that said they agree with us. This is quite possibly the greatest chapter in the Bible. Oh, it's a good one. In terms I'll, of... I'll, I'll throw Luke 15 in there. Yep, me too. And 1 Corinthians. Now, there Wait a some, minute, I just noticed. Luke 15, 15 1 Corinthians. There are some. There's about half of America. <clears throat> half. What they believe in is a theory... So a theory is not proven beyond, you know, it's not factual. It's just a belief system that we, we came out of salt water. <laughs> or a version thereof. Yeah, and evolved uh, from something in the past. We used to be apes, ape black creatures, but now we're human beings. We were amoebas and then yep. fish. So, and well, everything alive. <clears throat> Started from from salt water. They, but, but actually, wasn't the they explosion? Have staked, they, have, they have staked their life, and they only look at it. You 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 come out of a female, and then you die. So they say for that period of time, here's how we think we got here, and when you die, so our lives, our theory. Doesn't give you long, right? I mean, you, you at best, if you're fortunate enough, you may live to 60, 70, 80 years old, 90, whatever. Very few make that, but you'd say most of them die, and they're staking their their existence on a on a on a theory. What we do is we we found some old writings, a couple thousand years old. And we have staked our existence and our hope on the resurrection of this person. Right. So our faith in a person, the unbeliever's faith, is in a theory of a guy about 1805 to 18, early 1800s. 
a guy came along and said, here's what I think happened. He, he said, I have no idea. I mean, if you ever can look inside a cell, you probably can. This wouldn't work. Yeah, he, he opened the door for disproving his theory. That's right. Which I found interesting. I mean, he, he was saying this may not pan out. I mean, so without these texts right here we're going to look into, but without those, we, we know we're going to die. This says there's life beyond the grave. But no matter what you believe, the guy who introduced the theory is dead. He's dead. He's dead. So yeah. I'm just saying that that's yeah. that's a an important point. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, and I mean, as and we, the one who is at the at the in in the middle of this, the one who brought this forth, Jesus. He's alive. Did a lot. So you look at it and you say. I mean, we're counting time by him, which I think is all, it's always a point I bring up because it's hard for the world to count time by you. Yeah. I mean, well, in his case, the world counts time by the one that the Apostle Paul is saying, if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Well, that's a modern day question there. If it's preached and you hear people talk about it, and you, I would think, I don't know whether you've gotten to the investigation stage yet, or at least investigating what went down there, you know, 2022 years ago, who we were the one we're counting time by. Hmm. He died. He was raised from the dead. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you're going to say there is no resurrection. We came from saltwater and we're going to die and that's it. And I'm saying to them, what, 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 what is it? What does your system well, offer you? What's your belief system? What does it offer for think you? Think about that at the end of 13 when Paul said, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Mm -hmm. The rest of these is love. We think about it. If you only had the theory of evolution as your basis for everything you believe, yeah. then you would not have faith. No. You wouldn't have hope. No, and probably I mean you have some capacity to love, but most people, if if you're that finite, you tend to love less, just because of the, the nature. The world looks rather unloving at this. It does here, in, at this time frame. People are very fearful. They don't want to catch anything. You know, they don't want to. Oh. They don't want to put themselves at risk. So yeah, it's a it's death scares the daylights. It out does. Of. It does because without the resurrection, that's the ultimate looming. Spectacle. So I would think just off the top of your head, you say, well, I, I tell you this, if that's true, in other words, if for all the atheists out there, I don't dislike them at all. I listen to what they have to say. And I'm like, I don't know, man, you're walking on thin ice or you're, you're giving up any hope you, you, you could have. You're living a life, you say, where there is no hope to get out of here. Right. You just die, molecules rot, and then that's it. No resurrection. And I'm thinking... I don't know how that would be a whole, a good lifestyle, a good way to think. It'd be tough. It looked like but, you would come out being a negative person. I mean, I don't have a chance to get out of here. It's just one one shot deal, and you know I may get uh, the uh oh, I'm I'm sixty. They just they just told me some doctor just told me I have a disease. It's fatal, and you have no hope, none. I mean, you just said well. You know, easy come, easy go. Well, uh, but I don't know how they could do that. And and it looks like to me that if something offered your hope and you can't disprove it, and and time itself is predicated on the person who pulled it off, why wouldn't you just follow him and and see? I don't know. Some of the most famous atheists in the last five hundred years committed suicide. You know, they wrote books about it and then they committed suicide. So I mean. I'm not saying that everybody winds up there, but if you didn't have hope and you didn't have faith and not a lot of love. Because you got to be open. You got to be seeking. You got to be humble. You yeah. got to be broken. I mean, you, you don't, you don't, that's why. There's so many facts. Jesus introduced that. I mean, you have to have those qualities in your heart to, to seek right. him. I mean, and then you realize, oh, but. I think it's a mystery, and I think, you know, when he mentioned it in, uh, where is it, at 51, he, he he acknowledged that this is a mystery. Yeah. He said, I, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. Now, what are the different uh, renderings of that, I wonder, in different translations? 
because he's talking about dying. Yep. But he he it, they translated that he talks about Greek when word. you die. You say it's a mystery, but you know because they they really they died. The, the, the you know the, these are called tents, temporary. But you're, you're still alive in some form. Well, that's why yep. that's why he used the word in most of his letters: sleep, falling asleep. Because the idea yep. is you're going to wake up. So he was he was really he was really showing throughout all of his writings about the resurrection that it is death is only temporary. But it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it because it's been two thousand years since he wrote this. And and it's, it could be a couple of things. One of the things it could be, I'm just giving you the options here. When you die, your body dies, your heart finally stops beating, and they pronounce you dead. Well, they bury you. Well, he goes into all this. He goes into the whole thing. He does. He said, you're, you're, you're not dead. You're, you're asleep. Right. So no time passes for you anymore. Correct. Now, it can be a thousand years later, Look, your eyes go, your eyes open, and you're like, whoo, that was, that was quick. Like a, <laughs> they put me under the knife when they took a kidney stone out, yeah. and I asked them later because they said, you're going to feel something warm here, Mr. Robinson, in your arm, kind of in your arm, but then, then, then you'll, you'll fall asleep. We'll put you under. I said, okay. So they did that, and I remember it. She said, okay, and boop, here comes the needle within... Oh, 10, 15 seconds. I just got drowsy. I said, and I closed my eyes. Look, I closed my eyes, and look, instantaneously, I thought, I went, I opened my eyes. I said, Doc, let's get this thing over with. <laughs> and he said, the show was already over with. And I said, I now understand the resurrection. Right. I said, no time passed for me, Al, none. Right. Because... I was asleep. That's how the human body is before the resurrection. But you're not sitting there saying, "I'm gonna tell you what I would hope he hurries up." And no, you, well, you're you're asleep as far as you're concerned. And the reason second, I think that was from second. his perspective, from the human perspective, it's like sleep, but you're dead. But to Dad's point, but no time is passing but, for you. But to your point, well, time only exists here. Right. I mean, Noah is not in the grave right now saying, I wish he'd hurry up and... <laughs> no. no. Although... Hang on, Jace, let's take a break. So, Jace, I told you I was at an event, and one of the golfers that was in contention, he didn't win uh, at the players, his dad was the CFO of the organization that I was speaking at. So it was really interesting hearing his perspective, yeah. you know, about his son playing golf. And you see, there's CFOs that get it, and there's CFOs that don't get it. You know, CFO, of course, is the chief financial officer. And they're critical to the strategy and success of a business. In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual process, lack of visibility into numbers. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is the one who's on top of the game. Automated reports, inventory, e-commerce. So one of our sponsors, NetSuite, uh, what they're going to make sure is that you stay on top of everything. That's the CFO that gets it. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. You're going to be able to have control of your financials, your inventory, your HR, your planning, your budgeting. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility when they upgraded to NetSuite. So over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash fill for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer that's net suite n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash phil netsuite.com slash phil although when they summoned samuel or was it samuel they summoned from the dead it was he was like and you got elijah and moses he said you shouldn't have done this so they and, uh, they brought him back was, in some he form. He was halfway familiar with world events, and y'all, I don't know, but it could be that story is the, the, about the witch of Endor. She summoned him, which I've yeah. always thought was interesting. I mean, obviously God allowed it to happen because He had a message for Saul, but it was interesting that there was a medium 
she summons him. He comes back. Everybody seems surprised, probably her the most. Yep. But God allowed it to happen because he wanted Samuel to deliver the message to Saul. Bad call. Yeah, he delivered it. He said, you shouldn't have awakened me. <laughs> because I got some bad news for you. You'll yeah. be dead by this time I, I tomorrow. I do think it's about perspective because you're, you're trying to relate. Paul, via the Holy Spirit, is trying to relate something that's unrelatable. I'm not sure what's going to happen once I die. That's why he said it's a mystery. And you're right. At the transfiguration, you have Moses and Elijah, and <clears throat> which I thought was interesting. We talked about this before, that, they're, that they had strange leaving of the planet. Nobody really ever knew what happened to their yep. body. Uh, Elijah got caught in a whirlwind, and Moses said he was buried by God on a mountain, whatever but that But the evil one in Jude, you know, he was arguing with an angel over where that body was. That right. was important to him. That's yeah. right. Which just goes back to the Hebrews 2 thing, that his his mode of of operation has always been to kill, and confirmation is to see the dead bodies. Right. If we would prefer to be away from the body, which he's going to tell the Corinthians that once he talks about the resurrection. What verse are you in? First Corinthians, this is 2 Corinthians 5. Mm -hmm. We're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So you're not, you're not, you're, your body's dead, but, but, and you're not in the body anymore. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body while we're here right now, today, or away from it after physical death. You're like, we're, we're, we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. So there's a part of you, your soul and your spirit. Jesus said, don't worry about the ones that can kill the, the body. He said, you worry about the one who can throw the body and soul into hell. For we must all appear before the judgment seat. You know you made it, which is good. When you die, you know whether you made it or not, that text says. And and you're alive in some form away from your body. Yeah, there's your body's just a pile of bones and 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 the fluid that was put in it, you know, you know, they drain the blood out of you, replace it with fluid, put you in a casket. There's your body. What's left of it doesn't look good at all. But you have left and you're with the Lord. You've abandoned your tent and you're, and you're, some say, some verses say you're sound asleep and 1001, your eyes open and there you are. Well, and I was going to make the point when you're talking about a surgical, when they put you under by that means, yep. you don't wake up until the moment you do. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference in sleeping at night. Because, <clears throat> you know, you say, well, same thing when you sleep at night, but not really, because you'll wake up throughout the night. You, that's right, you yeah. Think around, you know, you're in a much lighter this is, sleep. This is a deep sleep. This is deep. This is so deep, you're right there. When I had surgery, I was the same way. They woke me up. I was I was having a, I was talking to the guy, and then all of a sudden, yeah, I come back, they wake me up. And how much time had passed? Roughly? I mean, it felt like I had just closed my eyes. That's right. Exactly the same thing. And it had been several hours for, in my case. There you go. So uh, it, it is a strange phenomenon. And, I, and uh, you know, so the difference is they call it soul sleep. Are you going to be aware or unaware? There are some stories in the Bible. I don't know. Did they bring them back? Then they went back to unawareness. Are you aware on the other level? I don't know. Well, you have It's the one of those things we can't really ever know till you get there. You have that weird illustration in, is it in Luke where? Oh yeah, uh, where he's got the rich man and Lazarus. Yeah, now he's using real names, but it, yeah, is that a parable? It's like is that, there's a great chasm, and he's like the guy had an awareness that he was out because he yeah. said, "If I could just go back and tell my relatives, you know," but he said, "Nope, there's no going back." It's a really a scary. It's a very scary. That's a scary thing. Story. The finality of it all. Well, I was going to finish reading that where he said, I tell you, mystery will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, to your point, Phil, in the twinkling of an eye. Yep. Which just happened several times. <laughs> you twinkled. In the last four seconds. At the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. So, I mean, so to your point earlier, it's a mystery solved. Was what I right was. to your point earlier. The 
an evolutionist, the, the biggest problem is you can't get to the point where it's body, soul, and spirit because you just think it's body with synapses in the brain. There's no, they don't see a soulishness about us. And that's, that's where when you understand we're made in the image of God, that there are three components to a human being. If you don't, if you don't have faith to believe that, then you just think it's a, it's what it is. You're looking at it, <clears throat> brain function. You, you, I guess everything evolved and I don't know where music and love and all that came from, but whatever. So it's, it's just easy to miss. He mentions if there's no resurrection, uh, if it's preached that there is Christ has been raised from the dead, yeah, like on some of you, verse 12, verse 12, verse 12. If there's no resurrection, he goes on to say, of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Uh, and if Christ has not been raised, all these are negative things. Our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we're, we are then found to be false witnesses. We're lying, a right. bunch of bull. He said, we're not lying, because we've testified that God, he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised <laughs> for if the dead are not raised then christ has not been raised either and if christ has not been raised your faith is futile you're still in your sins then those also who have fallen asleep all the ones that have mm -hmm. now he calls it fallen asleep he didn't say those who have died he said those who have fallen asleep so we know there's sleep involved and passage of time unbeknown to us. Time is passing, but the clock's not clicking on us because we're asleep. We're, we're out of it. Plus, think about this. Let's take a break. Think about this, Dad. In John 5, <clears throat> you remember Jesus says all will be raised to face judgment. That is correct. So everybody is in the falling asleep. Now, a lot of people misunderstand. They think, oh, well, if only the saved will wake up resurrected. But John, Jesus said everybody gets raised to face judgment of That's what was done correct. in the body. So, yep. yeah. Done in the body. And then he goes on to say, uh, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. If there's no resurrection. We're to be pitied more than I'm in. That's let, me, let me just put it to you in simple terms. I'm a guy, been here 75 years, 76 coming up in April. You, you say, if there were not, if these texts were not in there about the resurrection of the dead, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yep. I mean, these texts that we're reading today, you say, that's enough for me to get in on that and let's see. Yep. I mean, you, you and think about it. Well, what do you have to lose? Your reputation? Right. I mean, so I don't see the downside. Simple faith in Jesus. Believe he died, was buried, and raised from the dead. I don't see the downside of that. You're not mean to people. You point them to them, say, as a resurrection of the dead, dude. Think about it. I mean, your sins have been removed, but, but he'll raise you from the dead. I said, I've never read a story like this, ever. No. And the ultimate <clears throat> reward is in the resurrection, is what he's saying, even more than forgiveness of sins, which is a our calendars that we have, statement. 12 months out of the year, it's 2022, 2023 is coming up. You're like, and the time factor in all of that, because all this is about time and when then you run out of time. But this says Christian people, do not, they never run out of time. If you, you face in Jesus... There's no more time. You don't have to worry about that. Well, because the time people, is gone. That's right. Because the people who are in charge, God or the person, mm -hmm. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. they're eternal. Eternal. They're eternal. And Jesus, what makes him so unique is he has always been eternal, but then he became one of us to usher etern eternal life for all humanity. Yeah. I mean, that... I mean, obviously, that's the greatest moment in the history of the world. Said, Look, my yoke is easy. It's light. Well, that's and, what I'm and asking you. you yeah. For the resurrection, you don't have to really go out and do some great thing. No. Just, that's why when 1 John 3 says that we're going to be, when he comes back, like him. Like him. Mm. So I'm in on that. And we've talked I'll, about all the different elements of what he did 
post-resurrection. I mean, that's some pretty exciting stuff. Well, and that's why it's when you... the glorified body, the glorified right. body, glorified. Because that's what he was... you got to remember, he also said, the reason I think this is hard to wrap your head around, especially for non-believers, is because he's saying it's a mystery. You remember when he told in the Colossians, uh, he said, the mystery of godliness is that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. He can be in you. You say, what? Well, then when you start reading these passages, like Romans 8, 11, it says, if the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Yeah. So that goes back to that conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus in John 3 when he said, you got to be born again. Now, here's a religious fellow. He said, you got to be born again. He said, what? How can I be bo- born again? What, are you crazy? I, yeah. I, I, I get back in my mother's womb. He said, he said you got to be born of water and the Spirit. <clears throat> and remember what he said? <clears throat> He's like, everyone born of the Spirit, it's like the wind. And I think this is the mystery part of it. Because he's like, you can't, you hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And I really think the resurrection, not only is this life in mind, that he had in mind about the Spirit leading you as you represent God, but it's also... Where you're eventually headed. Right. It's like the wind. Yeah. You're you're like, I have the spirit, but it's hard because it's through faith. Right. Yeah. To, and to your point right there, First Peter one twenty two, after if you read what the apostle Paul said in First Corinthians fifteen, will you look over and say, What did Peter say about it? Uh, through him you believe in God, first Peter one one twenty two, twenty one. You believe in God who raised him from the dead and has glorified him so that your faith and hope are in Christ, gain God. Now about the new birth chase, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, you believe Jesus died for he was buried and raised from the dead. You, you believe that by faith. You die to sin at your baptism and are buried, the old you, but what's the new you? Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have some sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Now check this out, Jace. For you have been born again. Well, when Jesus was talking about it, he's talking about the Spirit, what he was saying. Right. You don't know where it is. But watch. You've been born again, not of perishable seed. <clears throat> That's what the Apostle Paul called these bodies. It's like planting a seed. Right. But the spirit-filled ones, that, that, that spirit's there. So not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. So when God gives you the spirit, you are marked and you are guaranteed. You now are with the spirit of God living in you, which is given to you when you obey the gospel. You will live forever. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is a short sleep before your death and the resurrection day through the living and enduring word of God. And he makes an interesting point. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. You're not here long. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Every year. It they just you look out there and it's all gone. But the word of the Lord stands forever. That he will give you word. an imperishable <laughs> body. So it's Spirit, a- body so let's take a break so he uses the excited about it he uses the word that in ephesians 1 he says the spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance Mm -hmm. of god's glory so the idea is is that's just a little bit of what it's going to be like, but that's in us now. But much needed. But much needed. That's why when, have to have in John 14, when Jesus said, look, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to go there, but I'm not going I'm, I'm, I'm to leave you as orphans. Right. Well, then he starts talking about leaving them the Spirit, and he'll be with you and in you forever. Right. So we need the counselor. 
here. That's why we're pro counseling because God, it was God's idea. That's right. Yep. He's like, you want a counselor? I'll give you one. Right. My spirit inside of you. He'll be with you forever. That was the proper way to use the term forever. That's right. Yep. You know, not a signed ball that you're going to carry around forever because you're not going to do it unless you have that in your pocket once you're resurrected. Yep. So I was going to read the Acts 2. I mean, the Spirit is poured out, made available. Because I'm thinking, you know, he spent 1 Corinthians 12 saying we've all been given that one Spirit to drink. And he went through all the different talents and different things that we bring to the table through God's providence as a church. But it's the same church that he Paul said in Ephesians 5. Remember when he said, this is a mystery, but I'm talking about you and Christ. He, we're, we're married. <clears throat> we have the same spirit. So when the spirit is poured out in Acts 2, there's two sentences in his sermon that I think calls the people to be cut to the heart and eventually come to the Lord. I mean, profound statements like, like what we're talking about today. He, he solved some mysteries of humanity. One is when he says in, in verse 30, no, uh, 24, it says God, speaking of Jesus, Peter was, God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death or being dead, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. You just think about that statement coming out of somebody's mouth relating to humanity. We have a, a person who became human who it was impossible for death, it was impossible for him to stay, to stay dead. The other sentence is in 31 where he said, seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. Well, those are two things that most humans, they think that's going to happen. You're going to be abandoned. I mean, people may come visit you, but will you really care if you're dead? Yeah. But. You're, you you feel like you've been abandoned and your body's going to decay. So you just think about those three points that Peter was saying. It was impossible for him to stay dead. He wasn't abandoned to the grave and his body didn't see decay. Those are three things I would like to experience. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, what, what are we doing here? I mean, you can either do that or you can you say... You talk about hope. Man. That, that's what makes me so angry about this stuff because people, you know, they go down and buy a shirt from Forever 21. I mean, that was, they got in a boardroom and said, hey, I got it. Let's come up with some clothes. We'll call it Forever 21. Because who doesn't want to stay at 21? You know, like, vitality of gee, life. Gee, Bob, I think that's a great idea. People want to stay 21 and they'll buy our clothes to do it. Guess <laughs> what happened? That, Guess what way, happened? And the way to do so. Is staring at him. Is standing up in there. He's it's it's, it's, it's right in front it's, of him. It's the most sold book for the last thousand Since years. Since there's been books, it has been book. It's right here. There is a way to. He's forever. hiding in plain sight. You know the what Resurrection of the dead. You yeah. know what happened to Ver Forever Twenty One? Went bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work. They tried it. They you put know on why? some clothes. And I'm just saying, it's so eerie. I bring this up all the time. Yeah, one of them had a but, car wreck two days later. <laughs> Didn't work. Yeah. Well, they, <clears throat> or the 21-year-olds became 42-year-olds. Later, yeah. they became 63-year-olds. No. Well, there's nothing worse in life is for a 50-year-old to try to look like they're 21. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's what they didn't count on. That's what they didn't when count you're, When you're trying to just, you just won't let go and <laughs> move to the next level. Yeah. Well, you go bankrupt. You cause bankruptcy for somebody who's trying to make everybody look 21. I've seen a few ads where the, they say, look, I'm 80 years old, and he'll just kind of jump and hit the, like, you know, it's, it's, he was being careful, but, but he did leap a little bit. Both feet come off the floor and then hit back, and he was saying, nothing can stop me. I'm, yeah, I, was, I said, well, 
<laughs> I was thinking there's two. a give another year or two, dude. And you, you there's one I've been seeing lately, Jace. It's called Ageless Male. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm putting that in my speech. Ageless Male. Ageless, and it's mostly about testosterone and and vitality. But yeah. it's like, oh, you take our stuff. You you be an old man, but you'll be just like you were when you were a young man. Yeah. Just ageless male. That's I can tell you for a fact at seventy five, <laughs> that's a bunch of boo. <laughs> but that's the but you're right. All of these, you know, corporations, because you're right. We, 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 outside of the resurrection, what else you got? I'm going to try all these different things to to hold, hang on as long as I possibly what's, can. What's interesting is that the current era we live in, 2,000 years since the apostle wrote this, uh, what's, what's interesting in all this, I find interesting, is that the whole thing is, 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 is it's like a road map. In other words, on, 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 he, he goes all the way to the end of it. <clears throat> First, it's the resurrection. But Christ has indeed been raised from the day at verse 20. The first fruits, if he could do it, we could do it, of those who have fallen asleep. Since death came through a man, he goes all the way back to Genesis in the beginning of this whole thing. Here's Adam. The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. As in Adam, all die. It's a history lesson in about five or six verses, which is stunning. And even the kingdom is brought up. For as in Adam all die, in Christ all will be made alive. There's a resurrection. But each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits. We're reading about it. You know, we spread the good news, preach the gospel. Then when he comes, end of time, those who belong to him. Well, that's if those who belong to him, they're alive. They're not dead. Then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom of God, that's us. After he destroyed all dominion, authority, power, Satan, his works, and all the ones with him. Let's talk about this in bonus. Yeah, time. let's hang on, Dad. We're out of time, but I, I definitely want to flesh that out, especially that concept you took back to Adam. All I, the way to Adam. I want to go back and look at Romans 5 because he fleshes that out some more right there. So we'll do that in our overtime. Remember, blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you subscribe to get the content for Unashamed OT. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.